Hi, I'm Mo Maduro, and this is the Active Life Over 50 podcast, providing insights and support for your life expansion and self-actualization journey. Today's episode is life expectancy. You can add about 10 years to whatever you think it is. Hey, welcome to Transformation Podcast, where we inspire and provide resources so you can have an active life after 50. Why? A lot of people don't think about it. A person who's 50 years old has a life expectancy that's actually in the early 90, in the early 90s. Now, I know that the tables will say something different. They'll anywhere from mid to late 80s. And when I was selling, when I first started selling life insurance in the early 1980s, that number was more like 73 and 76 for men and women respectively. What people don't think about is that those life expectancy tables don't adjust. It was all about selling life insurance. This goes way back to before the internet, before personal computers. When a baby is born, that's when the life expectancy number starts counting. And so you have infant deaths, different deaths along the way, accidents, drug overdoses, all these things. You have combat-related deaths and all of that. Even into the 40s, there are these diseases and things of that nature. So by the time a person is 50... By definition, they've survived those other risks or perils. If you were to reset the life expectancy table, you would be looking at a life expectancy that's closer to the early 90s, like 92 or 93 for a person who's 50 today. By the time that person gets there, because of advances in medicine and technology, and that life expectancy will be more like 104. Now, those numbers are going to move one way or the other, depending on what you're looking at and what case the person who's doing the statistics is trying to to make. But the point is, you're probably going to, if you're 50 today, you have a good chance of living for at least another 40 years. And if you also look at some of the data that says that the 90, over 90% of healthcare-related costs occurs in the last two years of life, that tells you you can have a pretty strong life going on up to somewhere when you're close to the end. My point is this. Let's say you, you start in the workforce somewhere in the early 20s. By the time you're 50, you've put in a little over 25 years, right? By the time you're 50. By the time you're 60, getting to retirement, you've put in a good 35 years or so. From 50 to 90, you've got 40 years. So think about all that you've accomplished in that time and what's possible for you from 50 to 90. Now, some of you might be 60, some of you might be 70. In working through this process, I found that by the time a person is 70, it's a little bit late to start thinking about this because they're kind of set in their ways. And even 60 is a challenge. It doesn't mean it's not possible. It just means from a standpoint of creating a movement, creating some momentum, the person who's 70, they've been out of the workforce for a long time. They're sort of into another pattern. And for a person who's 70, they might have bought into that 75 type life expectancy. It's interesting how I came about this. I used to play golf sometimes with my father's golf club. He lived in New York. I was in Virginia, and I would go up there sometimes, and we'd play, or we'd go to Myrtle Beach as a group, and we'd, I'd play with them. So I got to see them once or twice a year. And there was one guy in the group, and he and I, when you could walk, we would walk the course, hills and everything, and we would both carry our bags. Now, this guy was 70 years old when I met him. By the time he was 73, and this guy was in great shape. Like I said, we walked the golf courses all over the place. The only two people carrying our bags and walking. Now, we were sitting around, he was 74 years old, he had just had his birthday, and he said, yeah, I'm living on borrowed time right now. I said, well, what are you talking about, man? He said, I'm 74, you know, that's about it. Well, for him, when he was coming up, the life expectancy was, like I said, 73 years old for, for a male. 
And that was in his head. So he's thinking, you know, I'm on borrowed time. And I started paying attention. I noticed how many people actually think their time is up when they're in their mid-70s. So that became a thing for me. And having been in the life insurance industry for so long and seeing the connections and, and, and also being in the self-development world and seeing what's possible and paying attention to life expansion and all that, I started seeing these patterns. And I'm going to add one more thing in there. So when I was in the, you know, I was an airborne ranger, so I was with some of the hardcore guys, you know, jumping out of planes, whatever. And what I noticed was that not all, but some of them, because they could retire at 20 years, they would retire 38, 9, 40, 41, 42, and they would die within two years. These guys were healthy. And I started looking at that. And there's some patterns again. I mean, and I came out as an officer. You know, you got this blue sticker and you're driving around the post and everybody instantly respects you and they change their behavior when they see you. And imagine being a master sergeant or a sergeant major. You've been in there for, for, for 20 years and wherever you go, you're instant, you know, instant king, right? And then you come out. And I experienced this after just five years. I was a captain and came out. And you experienced that, wow, people don't jump. You know, when I say jump. They don't say how high, they say why. And, you know, I remember my first, uh, <laughs> my first job, I was in sales management and I was dealing with these guys who were 50 years old and they just couldn't get it. I couldn't get them. And they, I worked it out and I learned a lot. That actually started my quest on, uh, uh, understanding communication and relationships, which is a great gift for me, but it's just the point of you come out as a captain and you come into the world where people don't know rank. And my point is this, that shock, a lot of people just couldn't get back over that gear. It's almost like a lot of people couldn't stay on top of it and they just gave up. Viktor Frankl, you read his book, man, Search for Meaning. Without having that purpose, without having that meaning, it's going to be hard to make it through. I wanted to get more into the how-to and I'm going to cover that in the next one. We're going to talk about pivoting. Because there's some skills that we're going to need in order to get into this life expansion after 50. We've got to recreate some habits. So consider that 95% of our day is being run basically by the unconscious. Said another way, our conscious mind is in charge only 5% of the time. Now you're going to notice something. In all these podcasts, I will never call it the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind. You won't hear those words together other than just what I just now said. And there's a very good reason for that. And I'm going to explain that when I get to about episode 20, because I'm going to unpack the seven fitness areas. And I want people to have the framework and the backstory so that that makes sense. Broaching these topics without the preframe makes it a little bit difficult. But anyway, now you may have heard that 95% of everything we do is done by habit. And I've used that terminology for a long time, way back to when I first heard it was uh, 19... 79, 1980, I was with Success Motivation Institute doing a side hustle while I was also in the Army, selling uh, books and tapes, motivational goal setting uh, work like that and, and running workshops. And we used to talk about that a lot. 95% of everything we do is done by habit. And I've used that. I think it's more accurate to say that the unconscious is running the show 95% of the time. There was a study out of UC Davis and they put the habit number somewhere around 50%. And there's different numbers out there. And whatever it is, it, it, the point is the unconscious is actually running the show much more than it should be because the conscious mind is what's really powerful. And we're going to get into that. In order to make that shift, it takes some work. For a lot of us, we haven't really tested the conscious mind since maybe in our 30s. 
And so there's some learning that has to happen and some work that has to happen to, to get there. The other thing I think we have to overcome is this idea of if I'm going after self-actualization, life expansion, meaning that it's like work. It's not work at all. When you are going after what your heart wants, it's, it's actually fun and it doesn't feel like work. And this actually gets confusing. And I fell into the trap. I lost all, I lost everything. I lost my entire life savings going down that path of follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life or do what you love and you never work a day in your life. Well, that's not necessarily true because it's fine if everything is going well, but passion is not always enough to make it through a pandemic, for example. You've got to have something else. I'll call that purpose. When you have purpose and you can lean on purpose as well as passion, now you have a good combination. So we got to figure that out. It doesn't have to be like work. And when you're into self-actualization, that is the objective. And you wake up every day living into that self-actualization. So that's another part of it. But the other thing is designing the life that you're going to love living and looking forward to that and making sure that it's something that makes sense. For most of us, what we did in our work life was sort of handed to us. It was controlled by somebody else. It was dictated. We had to do it because we needed to put food on the table. But now you have the opportunity. And if you think about you know, your 20s and 30s and 40s and what you can do in your 50s, 60s and 70s and 80s, you have more time. You have more wisdom. Now, some may say you don't have the energy, but you do have energy that's stored up. Remember, energy doesn't destroy. It doesn't get destroyed, and it doesn't get created in a closed system. It does convert, and it does store. That wisdom, that experience, those networks, the cash that you have, all of those things are like stored energy that you can unleash onto your purpose moving forward. And, and I want to think about it, rather than retirement, think of it as phase two. Look, I mean, our country is being run, when you look at the Congress, the U.S. anyway, is being run. I think it's a, that way in Europe in a lot of cases. But how many people are over 70 and we're still electing them? So we're fine trusting the country to people who are 70 and approaching 80. But yet, sometimes when we look at ourselves, we're thinking we're too old. I remember when I was renting motorcycles, you know, my customer base, they would ride motorcycles around the country sometimes for 30 days at a time. And many of us did track days. And I would talk to people who are 50 years old and they would say, oh, I'm too old to do a track day. I'm too old to ride a sport bike. It's a really interesting concept because on the other hand, I'd have people who are 80 years old showing up at my shop, getting off the plane in their riding gear, get on a bike and they're gone. I don't see them for three weeks and they come back with smiles and stories. And then the next day I'm talking to somebody who's 40 years old who's, who's thinking like, you know, I guess I won't be buying any more motorcycles. I had, when I was selling motorcycles, which was my recovery after renting because I lost everything, I had customers. And it's interesting that many of my customers who were buying these high-end motorcycles in their mid-70s were also pilots. And there's these patterns I just like to watch. And so my, all of that is to say, there is something out there for us, for those folks over 50. Think about the active life. We'll talk about transformation. We're going to talk about life expansion, and we'll talk about the how-to. And I have a lot to unpack, so stay tuned. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about a pivoting power, because when you learn how to pivot and, and what a pivot is made up of and how it can conserve your energy to transform it in a new direction, I think you'll look at pivot differently, and you'll see how pivots can be used in business to play to your purpose and passion. So until next time, 